All right, I am here today with uh, Coach Nate Naska, who is the full-time strength and conditioning coach here for athletics at APU. Uh, just kind of first question, where did you uh, get your education and what major did you choose? Yeah, uh, so I started school at APU. So I, my first three years of college were here. I ended up finishing my degree uh, at the University of Hawaii, which is where I'm from originally. Uh, I was a PE major when I was at APU and history minor. And then also kind of same thing when I went to University of Hawaii. So my plan kind of was to like coach high school, be a PE teacher, possibly history teacher, kind of go that route. Um, kind of ended up changing routes. Started doing the strength and conditioning stuff for the APU track team right after college. I moved back to California. Um, I got my CSCS through the NSCA, so I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association, which is required by the NCA for, for us now. Um, I'm also USA Weightlifting Level 1 certified, meaning I'm just uh, cleared to coach the Olympic lifts. And then I coach track and a few track certifications so for the USTF CCCA, which is the College Coaches Association. And I'm sprints, hurdles, jumps, um, relays, and some of the throws um, certified as well. So kind of a wide base of education and not necessarily your typical uh, kinesiology to strength and conditioning, but that's kind of got kind of what got me here awesome. right now. Did you, uh, did you play sports in college? I did, yeah. So I played football and I ran track at APU and then I played football at the University of Hawaii. So, oh, wow. yeah. Mm -hmm. What position? So, uh, receiver. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Um, so you kind of mentioned switching from, you were kind of going like the PE mm -hmm. high school teacher route to... Uh, strength and conditioning yep. career, like kind of what point? So my last semester of college, I ended up coaching at my old high school for track and field. And it was a good experience, but kind of having gone through college and then having gone through the, and then coaching in high school, high school athletics is a little, like it's good as far as like teaching the foundations, but at the time to, I was kind of more so into wanting to really work with like high level athletes or just people who are a little bit more motivated. So the high school route didn't seem as viable as I like had hoped or I didn't really like it as much. So moved back to California. Um, I did personal training for a while. Didn't really enjoy that. And then got into college coaching uh, with the track team right after I moved back in uh, 2010. So okay. started off that way. Awesome. Uh, so kind of from your perspective with your background in coaching, but like track and you, did you, did you coach football? I coach football for a little okay. bit too. Yes. So, uh, just your experience coaching, has that helped you kind of excel in your transition into strength and conditioning? And do you feel that the two are relatable from like a teaching perspective? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, coaching is teaching essentially. Uh, I think most coaches obviously are teachers. If you look at some of the football staff, obviously a lot of them throughout the full-time coaches, most of them are in the teaching profession. Um, so, as far as being kind of a mentor and helping to instruct others, that's kind of what the strength and conditioning profession is. We're working more towards teach people how to obviously live correctly, improve the performance, and hopefully stay relatively healthy. So from my experience as an athlete, um, one of the big things was when I was at the University of Hawaii, uh, we, we did have access to the strength staff, and those guys were, were fun to work with. Um, and actually, they were probably some of the more um, interactive times that I had with the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of put plants of the seed in there a little bit. Um, having coached multiple sports, so in college is track, obviously, 
and then football and also working with the, most of the track athletes because there's a variety of those, those athletes uh, in the sport as well. Mm-hmm. I think it helped um, just kind of being able to relate to a lot of people and also understanding kind of how to teach different people at different levels yeah. and then understanding of not everybody is capable of doing the same things and then figuring out what people can do and what are the best practices for those particular athletes or individuals who might not be able to fit into the original plan. So just being adaptive, I think, was, is kind of the main thing. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you, one of the certifications that you had with your C, uh, mm-hmm. CSCS, mm-hmm. Um, we had a professor come in earlier this week in one of my classes and kind of talk about the value of that, yep. even if you're not going into the strength and conditioning yep. field. Um, do you have any advice or from your experience uh, preparing to take the test? Yeah, so one, I think that if you're coming from, like I said, the, the kinesiology department here, I think does a pretty good job mm-hmm. of preparing everybody. One, from a sports science and just understanding the physiology and anatomy part of it. Uh, they do a good job of that. And then some of the practical stuff, obviously you need to kind of get into the coaching profession to get a little bit more experience with that. But what's nice about it is they do have, like the NSC offers books, they offer courses that you can take to kind of prepare you for the exam, which is the route I took. Okay. So basically I took about, I knew I was gonna take the exam, so I took about a solid eight weeks of studying through the book, doing some of the test, test material, um, kind of really preparing for the, for the, for the test. Um, I'd been coaching for a few years at that point, so I think that helped a little bit um, with some of the practical part of the exam with the technique, exercise selection, and programming. Some of the sports science stuff and the kinesiology um, and some of the biomechanics I had to kind of study and, and read up on. And that was a little bit more of the challenging part. But again, the what's nice about the CSCS is it's very in-depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know if you passed it, like you're somebody who's qualified and has an understanding of strength and conditioning, which is what we're trying to put forward as far as the profession goes um, with strength conditioning coaches. So even if you're not somebody who's going into the strength conditioning field, just having an understanding of programming, understanding of sports science um, is going to be helpful, whether it's some type of related field, physical therapy, athletic training, um, even just like sports coaching in general. I think it's going to be good to have and, and, and understand those principles and concepts that the test requires you to have in order to, to pass the yeah, exam. definitely. So... Um, so you took it like a couple years removed from college. Yes. So I think 2020. So I started coaching 2010. Uh, I got my USA W in 2012, and then I think I got my CSCS in 2014. Okay. So by that point, I've been I've been working with uh, some with the track program, and the reason I got it was the guy the coach who was working with the weight training at the time was leaving mm-hmm. um so and i was gonna take over so that was kind of me uh being a little bit proactive and, and getting that taken care of on my end did you find that like the kind of the independent work that you did to prepare for it was kind of enough instead of taking it like right at like maybe senior year of college i think uh, there's pros and cons to both so uh-huh. um i think on my end being motivated to do the test and having had the experience and working with having to program doing those kinds of things, mm-hmm. I think definitely helped. So that was a positive. Um, and again, the practical part of it, so having to explain you know, how to, how to coach lifts and break that whole part of it down was helpful too. So I think the practical part of it, I had pretty down. Um, so that was a benefit for my end on my end. I think have, if I had taken it right after college, I would have had a little bit better um, 
understanding of the of the sports science part of it because it's a two part test. You have mm-hmm. sports science part, yeah, and then you have the practical part. So the practical part I felt like pretty confident in. The sports science part was one that I really had to sit down and study for. Yeah. So I think if you're somebody who's coming right off of right off of doing your degree and you have a lot of information fresh, it makes it that part of the test probably a little bit easier. You still need to study, obviously, but mm. I think that having that under your belt uh, right away will be would uh, be a benefit to you taking the test right after college. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you kind of mentioned the importance of like the practical kind of hands-on mm-hmm. experience. So like whether it be like job shadowing or mm-hmm. internship, how important is that experience? And like, how did you go about getting those opportunities? So I just kind of took a hand, like pretty much just hands-on jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, I took kind of said, I've kind of have an un- unconventional route to the position I'm at. Yeah. Uh, a lot of coaches in the strength conditioning world usually get their undergrad then they go do either a GA or they volunteer intern somewhere, uh, kind of get their experience that way. Uh, having worked in a smaller school, again, there's benefits of large school or small school. Small school usually get a little bit more hands-on practical experience, which is what I was able to do uh, having started at APU because, again, uh, resources aren't as great. Anytime they have somebody who's willing to offer it, most of the time if you're pretty qualified and, you're, and you work hard and, you do a good person, and you're a good person, they'll take you and they kind of let you work, work that way. So I think um, as far as getting experience and understanding of how to work with people, is very beneficial when you're able to do it hands-on. Internships, depending on where it's at and who's who it's with, can vary as far as like getting exper- hands-on experience. Some internships, you're pretty much gonna be sitting there just watching, and then some are pretty hands-on, like they're throwing you in there, and like, hey, let's get this going. Uh, you know, they wanna get you that experience. So it's kind of a pro and con approach. I think if you're somebody who feels like you need more experience coaching, which I think everybody does, if that's the profession that you wanna get into, it's like anything. You get better at sports by practicing what you do. Um, when it comes to coaching, it's the same thing. It's a skill. Yeah. So you have to practice that skill in order to get better at it. Um, so the more experience you have, the more comfortable you are with figuring out, okay, you know, I need to cue things out a certain way. Um, certain exercises might be good for some athletes, might not be good for other ones. You're only going to get that mm-hmm. by working with people hands-on um, and being in, that, being in the field. So. Uh, you kind of touched on, like, your unconventional route. Mm-hmm. What is like in your opinion one of the most like difficult parts of your career path uh so one it's finding finding a full-time job Mm -hmm. and then two finding a sustainable full-time job so i think you know strength conditioning as a field is still relatively new i mean you're looking at most strength coaches i mean the nsca started in the 80s Mm -hmm. so you're looking at under what 30 40 years um and then strength conditioning as a profession probably like around 50 at the most um so it's pretty said relatively new so positions-wise, there's still a lot of positions that are being created, especially with the, NS, the NCA requiring that strength people working in the strength conditioning uh, position be certified through one of their requirements. Mm-hmm. So anybody who is working in the weight room with athletes needs to be certified, which is a good thing um, and provides opportunities. But a lot of the opportunities might not necessarily be you know, the ideal situation for a lot of people and it may be hard to sustainable. So for example, for me, I'm running a strength conditioning program as one full-time member. Yeah. Uh, we're working with 17 total sports, so I'm responsible for all of them. So as one guy, it's a lot to kind of yeah. handle. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's nice and it being in, able to work with a wide variety of athletes and again, being hands-on and being able to be in charge. Um, but also, too, you're stretched in. So you'll see that in a lot of strength conditioning professions, too, especially at smaller colleges. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are getting getting jobs uh, because of the requirement, but they're also being stretched very thin. So as far as a work-life balance, that can be a little bit of a struggle. Um, 
And then, like I said, just finding the route. There's a lot of people who want to work in strength and conditioning. So it's a very high competitive field. Mm-hmm. Um, those jobs that everybody tries to get with, whether it's the, you know, working with professional athletes, whether it's big time college athletics, a lot of people want those jobs. So it's a very uh, high, high comp- comp- competitive market. Yeah. And it's hard to get into. So if that's like your ideal job situation or ideal place that you want to get to, just know it's going to be like a, probably a pretty long path to get to mm-hmm. that particular Yeah, the professor was mentioning that like, kind of like now the standard is almost becoming like you have to have your master's degree. Yes. Did you find that kind of like a disadvantage when you were kind of on the job market or? Uh, Yes and no. So again, I was still trying to figure out, okay, what's the route I'm going to go when the position here opened up. Um, So having had the experience that I did have, I think it lended me to get in the position here because I've had work with multiple sports at that point. Um, so again, I was kind of able to show that I wasn't able, like I was able to work with just not only football or track, but I, I also worked with the volleyball team for a little bit, um, the water team for a little bit. So I had that under yeah. my, under my so. belt. Um, whereas, like I said, if you're somebody who's like just specializing in one thing, that could also be a, something that you have a hard time finding another job to get to, get to cause you're pigeonholed, you see kind of pigeonhole yourself, so you're limiting your options. But those big time college programs, again, because there's so much money involved and because, you know, the way the rules are set up for the NCAA, the strength conditioning guys, the guys who really do have the most influence on the athletes. So they're the guys who are going to get paid. And then again, the the more money that's involved, the better quality candidate that you're going to want to have. In order to be a better quality candidate, you're going to have to have, again, experience, but also education that's behind you as well. And then that'll kind of get your foot in the door kind of thing, which is what people are looking for. So, yeah. Oh, just last one here. What would your uh, like word of advice be to students aspiring to enter that? So, um, again, I would say one, kind of figure out who you want to work with, as far as population goes. But two, don't limit yourself to just one population. I think a lot of people get into the strength conditioning field and they want to work specifically with either athletes or specifically with high level athletes, whether that's at a D one level or a professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of opportunities, especially because say it's a very young profession. There's a lot of opportunities to work with high school athletes or work with general population. So if you're somebody who maybe doesn't know exactly the career path that you want to take, or if you're somebody who, hey, you know, an unpaid internship for, you know, a ton of hours and maybe a job doesn't seem like that's the best route for you, there's always the private sector. Um, there's other ways that you can go about it. There's not just one set career way to do it. Uh, kind of the old school thought pattern was, you know, you get your degree then you go GA somewhere, then you'll get a volunteer internship, and then maybe you get a position, and then you kind of work from that way. Um, that model can have some success, but I think with just the way things are now, the way everything's evolving, there's, there's other ways to get into the field and kind of get your experience to get you to where you want to be. So one, just be ready to you know work hard like any profession, uh, but two, keep an open mind and, and see what else is out there, so don't just limit yourself to one population, but try to be as diverse as you possibly can. Yeah, that's great advice. Thanks a lot, cool. Coach. Yeah, really of course. Yeah.